2: Let's get this dinner party started.
0: From ASC certified expert technicians to new smart services that keep you connected, Pep Boys Auto Service and Tire Centers keep your ride humming. Open seven days a week. Pep Boys, we go further
1: to help you go farther.
2: Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners.
0: Goldilocks Productions presents the Live from Little Bear Sanctuary Show with Christopher Vane. Enjoy topics such as the vegan lifestyle, sanctuary
1: media highlights, and spotlighting new rescues. Happy Friday, friends. Uh, welcome to Live from Little Bear Sanctuary. I'm your host, Chris May, And a uh, couple announcements today. Um, as some of you know, uh, we lost a really special pig yesterday. His name was Wilbur. And um, if you've been following him on social media, you, you guys know that he, was, uh, he wasn't uh, the healthiest boy. He had um, a lot of health issues and... Um, He came with a severe back leg injury, um, which we also think was a tumor. He never got to the point where we could sedate him to do a lot of testing. Um, So we all decided to make his life as comfortable as possible and um, give him a great life here at the sanctuary. He passed away yesterday morning. Laying in the sunshine, and um, he was surrounded by his little piggy friends. Um, he was he was special to all of us here. Uh, it was it was a tough one for us. It was a tough one. Um, if you're just tuning in, say hello. Um, got a very special guest today. I'm going to bring her on in a minute. Uh, if you if this is your first time, if you guys have to you guys actually physically have to sign into YouTube if you want to interact with us, and. Um, <clears throat> couple more announcements on the happier side. America's Next Top Poodle is in full swing. We have 61 pets that entered this year. Um, really, really cute pictures. Uh, head over to um, pranarun.org and you can vote for your favorite pottles. Uh It ends this Sunday. Uh, there's there's some cuties. I know I'm voting for a few. And also we have our usual yearly auction at the same time. So that's... Um, that's also if you go to prana you can access the auction. <clears throat> Hi Jennifer, good morning. Um, <clears throat> great auction items. Uh, I'm going to cheat. I'm bringing up the auction right now. Um, there's, um, I know I have a few bids in on some stuff. There's our little uh, our little um, uh, picture right there. Uh, we got actually we actually have quite a few pigs who entered the contest this year. Uh, On our auction, there's – oh, gosh, we've got 62 items um, from jewelry to soap to candles. um, Gosh, paintings, one-of-a-kind paintings. We have a couple of luxury hotel stays. um, Great deals. T-shirts. What else do we got? Rings, bags. Everything's vegan. Uh, New Leaf Naturals. um, They actually – Came in last minute yesterday, um, for some pet CBD oil for your, um, for your fur kids. And, uh, if you guys use it, you know, they're expensive. It's like 180 bucks per bottle. Um, bids starting at 20 bucks. So we got some really great bargains. I hope you guys check it out. <clears throat> Sorry, you guys, my throat, uh, it, everything ends this Monday, I think at midnight, um, Let me double check that. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's midnight this Sunday. So again, vote for your favorite portal. Check out that auction. Have some fun bidding. Outbid some people. Have some fun. (laughs) And uh, what else can I tell you guys? Um, That's the short list for today. I am going to bring on today's guest. Um, She is a very special friend of mine. Uh, hi Camille, Camille Reyes uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cheat and read your bio like I do for everybody. Please do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Camille is the founder of Las Vegas Animal Save and um, she's the current living caretaker at Forget-Me-Not <clears throat> Sanctuary in Las Vegas. Sorry guys my throat. <clears> throat> uh, she's also the social media and volunteer coordinator for All Friends Animal Sanctuary in Las Vegas. And she spends her days caring for the rescued individuals living their lives free from exploitation. Camille decided to dedicate herself to the farmed animal rescue and the sanctuary life uh, from being able to rescue and still care for chickens saved from slaughter from the local Las Vegas slaughterhouses. I know that's a tough one, Camille. Um, When she's not caring directly for animals, she's helping coordinate animal rescue and sanctuary support projects for the Animal Save Movement's Animal Rescue Working Group, and making vegan burritos with fellow activists for the houseless community in the Las Vegas area, and um, planning another future event for the animals as the work is never done. Ain't that for sure?
0: The work is never
1: done, right? Really, the the work is never done. Welcome to my show.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited that
1: you could open space Um, for me. Yeah, awesome. So um we got a lot to cover. What um <laughs> tell me <laughs> about your journey to veganism. When did it start? How old were you? Tell me a little bit about that story. Tell tell our viewers a little bit about it.
0: When, where, how, and why. Well when, where
1: how and why there's
0: a so my vegan journey, if you will, um it's been an ongoing one for the last seven years. It was 2013 when I I was already a vegetarian and I was pretty content with that. But it was not until, and I kid you not, um, there, was a, there was two incidences. There was an email I received from uh, PETA on behalf of a local dolphin advocacy group. Um, I'm going to go ahead and plug them. They're a friends group of mine. Uh, Freedom sure. Hobby Dolphins from Las Vegas, uh, because cur- since I want to say 1989, there have been dolphins who are held captive at the Mirage Hotel and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip in a pseudo tropical paradise, who are exploited for entertainment. Um, and this is something that you know I've obviously learned within this time period. So it's it's a Special cost me, if you will, because it was my first introduction into activism, so it was this incident that I associate with veganism in addition to around the same time I was taking a communications one one class and uh, we were asked to write an essay on something we love, and I chose cheese I did I chose cheese I was try I racked my brain and, and you know at the time I was. That once again, tw- this was 2013. I just turned 29 this year. So I was in my early 20s and clearly had no other hobbies or interests. So I chose cheese to write about <laughs> passion, and which led me to doing actual research, and it re- which I had never really done before. And it was because of this actual research and my you know cross-referencing that I learned what happens in uh, – the factory farm dairy industry but more so it's not even just factory farming it's the nature of how we view animals so it's like I was cross-referencing a couple things it was you know obviously PETA and this information about how we get milk and how it's made and what happens of course to the veal calves and but, but it was also what happens to the females in this or this cycle of, of, of violence and destruction that their mothers would have to go through before them. Um, so with that being said, I had this epiphany, and I quickly changed my topic for that, that class. And these two crossroads happened to happen within the same period of time, which led me to first associate veganism with activism and to – you know, to be as, you know, as cliche as I can be and to be short from my words, to go vegan. Yeah. And since then, because of this experience and because of associating um, veganism with activism, because from that email, I did not just read the email and say this is terrible and then like move on. I, I went to this protest, my very first one uh, in 2013, and it was extremely nerve wracking. Um, not everyone was vegan, but regardless, it was being within this space where there are people trying to advocate Especially in a city like Las Vegas, where, you know, we are a tourist-based city and people just walk by. But nonetheless, what I've learned is that there's always people willing to listen. And I wanted to align with that as well. Because if you view yourself and I view myself as being open, then I would have to demonstrate that more than say it. If, if that explains my journey.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty amazing. I remember we met on Instagram in 2015. Can you believe it? It's been five years. <laughs> and oh man. We were, uh, we were little, uh, <laughs> we had our little personal Instagram accounts where we'd all have a lot Good. of fun. And, uh, uh, times of Do you remember pre-entry. how
0: we met? Like the first comment? Do remember-
1: I don't remember the first comment. What was it?
0: Okay. So it was, I commented on your page and it was, it was about, um, it was about a pro-adoption, like being pro-adoption, ad- adopt, don't shop. Yep. And to this day, it still uh, rings true. I commented saying, uh, well, I've never adopted any animals. I've always – my family, like ever since I was a child and to this point, I've always um, – we've always picked up strays.
1: Okay. Yeah. We've always
0: picked up stray animals, and that's how yeah. we've made them part of our families. And to this day, that's still that's still true. And I think you followed me after that and that, you know, this – Beautiful friendship began. So
1: yeah, yeah, it's been uh, we've we've come a long way in five years. What a difference, right?
0: I mean, you have a full blown sanctuary. I mean, <laughs> right.
1: you know, I, mean it's, I do. Crazy, right? I mean, one of the few uh, people who uh, said they
0: were going to do that.
1: It's yeah, I, I, I remember. I um, yeah, it was it was right at that time in my life that I uh, like you know, I had my midlife crisis decisions and and here I am <laughs> with one hundred. It worked out. And it worked out really well. (laughs) it worked
0: out for so many.
1: (laughs) It's true. Um, So let's talk about rescues, um, especially in the farm animal community. uh, And um, strange, even in Vegas, the farm animals, you know, there's every state has their uh slaughterhouses and their wet markets and their vigils um and I know you do a lot of that activist stuff that I have not yet done um I kind of feel like um my my gift here is you know staying here and rescuing the animals and and I think I think about the vigils because I know how hard that must be tell us about your first vigil what was that like um what do you what do you have to do to prepare yourself mentally for that, and and also post a, a vigil or um, or bearing witness? Um, what do you how do you take care of your mental health? So you know, give me the give me the skinny on that. So
0: I'd like to start with if you especially coming from like the sanctuary life and you being surrounded by these animals, it would be. So much more difficult for you to be at these places. I will tell you that right now. And I tell everyone, so even, you know, those of us who've been buried witness for years, who know the routines, who know what to see, who know what to expect. Um, I, and what I also tell new, new people, and this is, you know, I get, I'm not getting off topic just to address this real quick, is that it does not get any easier if you see them as individuals. And it won't. That is a reality we have to contend with. As far as my first vigil, um, that was in 2017. It was actually with Chino Cows. Chino, yes, Chino Cows save in Chino, California. Um, that particular action, we did not see a truck, but it was you know nonetheless standing in solidarity with signs, uh, brochures, advocating at this place of exploitation. Um, the group has... Done a lot of amazing work since then. Uh, they bear witness at a farm. I don't know if you're familiar. They call it the Trash Farm. It's in Ontario, California, I believe. It's a there's uh, I believe it's a dairy farm, and it's it's called Trash Farm because of the amount of garbage that it surrounds it. It's like little garbage around these animals that they eat. Uh, so we did not see. I, that's something I did not see at that time. So it was more of a protest just because uh, there was no truck. But the next, I believe, the next night, um, my partner and I attended a, an LA Animal Save vigil. So my very first one was at Farmer John Slaughterhouse in Vernon, California, uh, bearing witness to uh, baby pigs up for slaughter. And all I can really say is that it's it's um it's it's a it's it's a bit of an isolating feeling when you're bearing witness. Uh, especially for the first time, at least for me, it was you 're surrounded by all these people you know to different degrees of uh, uh, experience around you and if it 's your first time, all you can see is this it's this monumental you just you see everything it's it's a visceral experience to this day, but more so when you are when it is your first time, you take into account this the sounds the smells that you 've never encountered before. And more than often, animals you've never encountered before. Because, despite um, advocacy as vegans and vegan activists, most many of us still don't have a relationship or connection with these farmed animals. Um, yeah. We'll get into you know why it's important to support sanctuaries later, I'm sure. But it was um, it was some something I will always remember. I don't. I'm trying to remember if my first time, if I uh, gave the pigs water, but of course at these vigils, there are always people who are giving them water. So even if you are not, there, are, there, there's always backup. There's always people there for them. Um, and what I can say is that I've I've bore witness to to the pigs, to um, I've been to the, the cow vigils in L.A. and uh, it was at, at a time where I guess the trucks don't usually stop, they see the cows in the holding pen on the other side of the wall quite clearly. Yeah. But it just so happened to be an instance a couple years ago where there were a couple trucks and they did stop momentarily. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a different experience for, for different animals because you see these baby pigs and they're giant babies, so dog-like. And uh, yeah. the cows, they were, if I'm remembering correctly, which I... Believe that's what this slaughterhouse um, in Pico Rivera does. These cows were um, castrated, uh, castrated male cows. They've castrated bulls, and they were just you know, you spend time with cows. They're giant dogs as well. They're giant babies, and it's it's a so when you see this, you see that it's it's a conflict in your own logic because these animals are so big, and you think, how can us as humans possibly overpower, you know, it's, but that doesn't, it doesn't really align with logic when you start saying it out loud, because if you understand the industry, if you understand that humans will exploit, um, and that animals, uh, are simply at our mercy, then you come to the understanding that everything that you see is possible, legal, and, um, what you don't see more so is what you should be concerned about. Uh, in Las Vegas, we bear witness to chickens and ducks. Um, there's two small slaughterhouses here. They're owned by the same people. Once again, they are small and nothing like, you know, factory farmed operations, nothing like Farmer John. Um, and, of course, chickens have the least amount of rice, which is, ugh, it's hard to it's weird to say because they don't have rights as a whole. But if you do delve into these restrictions for uh, treatment of animals in animal agriculture, you see the specifications of vertebrae animals and the allowances they technically get for having more sentience, more feel, or ability to feel than, than chickens and ducks do. But the chickens and ducks are a different kind of terror and nightmare than the cows and the pigs because they're small and they're babies and uh, not in, more than the cows and the pigs, they try to run. Um, and I'm sure you have experience with roosters. Uh, hens are flock animals, so they tend to stay with the flock with roosters. Sure. In the yeah. hardest three home, they try to run. Um, so it's, there are different degrees of terror, if that makes sense, because of these animal individuals themselves and then all the different um, – particularities that may come with the slaughterhouses themselves or what's happening that day to particular individuals within the cages. So uh, like I mentioned, regardless of species, like if you view them as individuals, it never gets easier. Um, So as far as being like, like structurally and as an organizer, um, I relay as much information as I can, you know, not necessarily personal stories I told, but about um, what we expect to see before vigils Um, and reminding them of our code of conduct because it is always too easy to get caught up in our emotions. You know, I'm getting choked up now just talking about it. Uh, And we want to exercise these emotions, yell at the slaughterhouse workers, yell at the driver, yell at anyone who doesn't agree with us. And it's, you know, I've gotten myself into situations where I have, I have, I have followed that and I've exercised that. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to because what you're seeing your brain cannot it, your brain cannot make sense of it if you believe if you believe in these ethics and you follow these morals of not taking from others what doesn't belong to you and that what happens to animals animals having the right to their own bodies but in the end that doesn't sl- shut down the slaughterhouses in the end that doesn't Uh, cause the workers to get different work Um, at the slaughterhouses in Vegas. We've been here for two years, bearing witness and vigils and it's been a journey. You know, in 2018, we were having animals surrendered to us and we got as many out as we could. And, you know, eventually that did stop as we persisted. And it was a decision that um, we knew was going to come because we knew that this wasn't going to keep happening, but we, it's, You know, I believe a lot in, I believe in strategy. So it's a matter of knowing your territory and knowing that you're going to a place where you're never welcome and that you are often not going to be given these freedoms that you think you rightfully deserve. And while you're thinking about these things, while, you know, your own rights and and whatever may be taken into consideration, in front of you is a truck full of these animals who don't even have the option to to have the thoughts that you're thinking of now at all. So it really, it's just this constant perspective shift and reminder of how much work we still have to do and vigils just being one part of this overall work. Um, so it that is probably one of, of course the biggest things, especially when people don't understand this is normal. What we see in these slaughterhouses is, in, is normal. The chickens come nine to ten hours from California. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I tell everyone. They come from Mary's Chicken. Mary's Chicken is sold in Whole Foods. They're sold in natural mm-hmm. grocers. Uh, they're sold as humanely raised, uh, organic fed. If you go to the Mary's Chicken website, it shows it portrays a family business. Um and while the, the chickens that we see, you know, they don't go to Whole Foods themselves, there's a special, it's a special deal that the owner of the slaughterhouses has with Mary's. But, you know, these animals, you know, the idea of um, humanely raised, humanely slaughtered, of um, organically fed, as if that makes it better when they end up on the same trucks and in the same places as anyone else would. And even so, like arguably, like if these animals had these great lives as these pictures show, which, I mean, if you look at the requirements for what free range means, you know, it's just a giant shed with a couple, couple of windows of, you know, animals, you know, cannibalizing each other, um, you know, it really, once again, puts into perspective how much the consumer does not know and also makes you think. Well, how much do they want to know? If, if, yeah, it's it's a couple of things. I, I went on a little bit of a rant there,
1: but no, it's okay. It's okay. okay. I, I, the we're we're all we've all been lied to more than, um, more than most of us know. I mean, you know it, I know it, um, but yeah, that whole organically fed um, free range, all those words. Um, uh, the, the, the truth behind it is, is truly a horror show.
0: And it's, uh, something that's purposefully kept hidden as yes. you, on top of everything else. Um, and you asked about stuff like mental health and self care.
2: Yeah, so, yes. like, what
0: so like everything else, as I you know, finished my rant. um, Burnout is something very burnout and vicarious trauma. Um, Burnout being, you know, you're, I think it's a it's somewhat self-explanatory, but of course, you know, it's just this constant feeling of being overwhelmed and at your having, having reached your breaking point and still going through the motions and pushing forward. Of course, people who are burnt out, you can tell they, they are not as patient as they maybe would be in compassionate situations. And if, you know, I recognize that happening in vigils or if, if that's happening in um, particularly the space, it's it's a sign to step back. It's a sign to take a moment to reevaluate. Um, so I mentioned doing briefings before vigils and explain the code of conduct. Uh, we do debriefings after vigils where, you know, I, I once again always tell people that never gets easier, you know, not being a little rain cloud, but of course it's this reminder that We want to encourage people to keep coming back to these slaughterhouses to be here for these animals, but a word of warning to take care of yourselves, to please take the rest of the day to do something for you, because if you are not well, you cannot effectively advocate for them, and that is a slight to them. That is not representing them properly. So we have to take care of ourselves, and it is easier said than done. One of the ways that I always suggest to, especially people who bear witness, um, if anybody from Vegas is watching this I do prioritize the vigil attendees For sanctuary visits, visits uh, Sanctuary tours, volunteer work Spending time with happy rescued animals yeah. And you know I spend all my days as, as do you with happy rescued animals But even then You know When I when I go to the vigils and I see The chicken individuals and I, I'm sorry, I look into their eyes You know, I see the rescues There's no difference Um, So even then, it it kind of messes with my head a little bit just because of, you know, I'm probably a little burnt out. Uh, But regardless, it's something that we do need to recognize and attend to because if we are not attending to ourselves and our needs, doing something for 10 minutes, an hour, whatever time you have a day that is not work, that is not this horrible reminder of suffering in the world, um, you know, please do it. If it's just sitting quietly, staring at the wall, please do it. If it's, you know, reading a chapter of a book, if it's going for a walk in the park, if it's just walking outside of your house, your apartment, wherever you're living, and walking down the street, anything at all, just despite what, as, as long as it's, you know, Healthy and supportive of of your mental health Not just anything at all But anyone who's, you know, may Judge that, you know, if somebody does something Silly or, you know Whatever they do to Unwind, I would say just Do it anyway If it's, you know It's This idea of self-care I think is often misconstrued And for those of us, even those of us like myself Who, you know, work And we work and we work and You know, we accept the suffering. It seems like it's selfish. And I think that's a very toxic perspective, and I'm calling myself out on it. But like I said, it's easier said than done. So my personal self-care is uh, food, spending time with these rescued animals, and spending time with friends and family who, more often than not, do understand uh, this perspective and have maybe they – those who have attended vigils, those who are active within the community, and also those who maybe are not. As I spend time with, with with both parties, um, because it provides these different perspectives, and um, it's just it's something other than what causes you distress.
1: So yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. Sorry. Um, I know it's it's never easy never going to get easy. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand the importance of showing up to these events and bearing witness and vigils and you know being a voice for these animals. Um, but uh, thank you for sharing all that. I know how hard it is. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. Yeah.
0: I would uh, find it, I think you'd find it very difficult. Like it's not coming from this setting and going in is, is different. And then like, like me, I, you know, I'm now a caretaker, but you know, yeah. I wasn't when I started bearing witness, you know, I've done rescue before, sure. but coming from a sanctuary setting is.
1: Yeah. yeah I would, I mean, just looking at the pictures, I know it doesn't even do it justice, but you know, I've seen the videos I've seen, you know, I know what the inside of a slaughterhouse looks like. I, I, I know what those animals go through. Um, it's another thing like you said when you're there in person and you smell the smells and you hear the sounds and you, you look into their eyes and, um, you know, you know, pigs hold a really special place in my heart and they are on the top of the most abused animals in, in a farm setting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thank you for doing that. I, 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 uh, I commend you, I'm proud of you, Uh, I thank you, thank you.
0: you, I'm thankful for everyone here in Vegas and everyone who bears witness because otherwise it would just be me and Richie
1: um, at these slaughterhouses,
0: so teamwork makes the dream work, right?
1: Teamwork, it it takes a village, it definitely takes a village. Um, I I remember when you first started your activism um, at the Mirage with the Dolphins, And, you know, it's, I've been to Vegas a few times and, you know, they had one way back when I went, you know, um, the, uh, the two guys were still doing their tiger show. And, um, a lot of these big hotels have like massive aquariums, uh, mini zoos. I mean, there, there's a lot of, I mean, I guess, you know, Vegas is, is all about exploitation and sin and, you know, indulgence, um, and I remember when you told me about dolphins being in the desert uh it just it's something I don't think many people think about. Um, I didn't even know there was a dolphin show in in Las vegas uh, and i it still goes on correct
0: It is still operating I don't know if it's currently open and operating, but there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's opened up within the last few weeks um, the dolphins and they' there. You know, the dolphins are there. No, the dolphins are there. Uh, the aquarium is actually prided as um, like a world-renowned aquarium because, as we know, once again, like these agencies oversee each other. So it's some—it's like some agency that's you know provides the caption for "no animals were harmed in the making of this movie" type agency. So yeah, it's um, it's a bizarre exploit in Las Vegas in particular. We. It's a hub because of the tourism, which you know also allows for these laws that give segue and leniency to breeding animals. Because uh, it's not just the casinos; we have sequest. I think in Fort Lauderdale there was a sequest that may have shut down. If I'm that's the amazing, shut
2: down. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, not have shut down. Yeah,
0: we have less sequest. laws. It's amazing. Yeah, sequest here in Las Vegas um, is in the oldest strip mall, which is about. 10 minutes away from the university in a smack dab in the middle of the city. Yeah. Um, and I could not tell you the horrors that have happened there the last four years. Um, but that's exactly what happens when we, you know, view animals as objects and the culture that's cultivated around that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, since we're on the, you know, activist subject and, um, I know, um, uh, Reagan Russell, um, I know a lot of people don't know about her. I, th- I think most people um, in the in the vegan community um, knew who she was. I, I don't think uh, it, it, it's funny when I when I go outside of my vegan realm, which isn't often. It's amazing. How you know I always assume everybody knows who these people are and and uh, and it's kind of sad unfortunately outside of our community a lot and not a lot of um, these amazing uh, activists some like Reagan Russell who've given up their life to do this um, just uh, don't get I don't know the coverage the publicity the um, Tell me a little bit about her I know I know you uh, you have a lot of stuff
0: um, um, yeah of course, so I did not know Regan personally um, i am, I know friends who knew and loved her. she had been an activist for the last three decades um, yep. she was based in um, the uh, like Ontario, Hamilton, uh, Toronto, Canada area. So she's a Canadian activist, but she, not just for the animals. One of her last protests was for Black Lives Matter. Um, She was, she was an advocate for those who need representation using her voice, if you will, her privilege to advocate. Uh, She had been bearing witness with Toronto Pig Save for the past four years. Uh, and they bear witness at Feederman's Pork, a pig slaughterhouse in um, the Ontario, Canada area. Um, so two days before Regan's death, a bill was passed in this area called Bill 156, similar to our ag-gag laws here in the States. And this bill essentially dictated that uh, it was illegal to document, record anything at slaughterhouses, at farms within this area. Um, it essentially criminalized it, resulting in fines, in jail time. It was essentially, it was a, it was to stifle any whistleblowers, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and I remember talking to a few Canadian activists within the move movement who didn't think that it was going to pass, who remarked that even in the States, um, we do have some ag-gag States, of course, but in some States, these laws do not pass. So using that as a precedent, they thought, well, you know, we're more, we are more liberal than the state than the U S is. So uh, that should be the case. But unfortunately, and I wish they were right. I wish they were right, but unfortunately it passed two days okay. before. Yeah. And um, and I referenced like animal justice, the Canadian animal, um, legal group that is the one like in charge of like pushing to repeal this bill. They came out with an article after her death, which I will get to that says that like this essentially allowed for open season on activists.
1: Yeah.
0: So they were bearing witness as they had always Toronto pig save on this particular day. According to all reports, of course, I was not there, so I speak from eyewitness accounts of what people have shared. And um, Regan Russell was not... uh, The truck had not yet arrived. She was not giving water to pigs at that time. She was waiting. Uh, To my knowledge, she was not standing in the middle. She was not inviting anyone to hurt her. And uh, a truck driver uh, who... You know, witnesses also say, like we saw, Regan hit her, struck her, and ran her over. And uh, she, of course, she's gone. She did not survive that. And uh, a couple months after the incident, um, the video because it happened within like an intersection where there is, you know, video footage has not been released by the Hamilton police department. Um, And the driver was charged with something equivalent to like a moving violation, which animal justice says, like, they're usually not charged with anything, but because of this, it's, it's something, but of course it's, it's still insulting. It's so clearly insulting because there was nothing actually done against anyone being charged in her death. And it's she She died. She was killed on June 19th. Um, so it's been almost half a year. And uh, she's no longer trending. You know, the Save Movement and Animal Justice are still actively working on um, advocating on her behalf. There is a website that you can visit, justiceforreganrussell.org. But unfortunately... Uh, as you said, it it did not receive the publicity that it should have. And especially within, like, even, like, outside of the activist community, um, most people don't know about her. It did, her story did reach Democracy Now!, which is a rather large um, news outlet, but, excuse me, to my knowledge, other than that, it has not reached anything else. Um, So, Animal, as mentioned, animal justice, the Canadian legal um, animal defense group, is still actively working. So is the Save Movement. You can see I'm wearing a Regan Russell shirt. This was uh, yeah. yeah. this was um, something that we're trying to do here in Las Vegas locally. Um, my friend Kendrick, uh, he started a vegan streetwear activism brand called Quality Control, and um, he designed this, so it has her name. It has her birth date, 1955. She was in her 60s when she passed. She'd been advocating, once again, since for the last three decades. Um, And then this is the water sprayer that she would use, or a symbol of it, of course, with vegan stickers. And uh, at the very bottom, because I'm sitting down, it has a quote from her that says, I'm trying. I don't know if it does any good. But I know that doing... Doing nothing does no good. So my friend Kendrick uh, designed this and he's making no money off of it. It's all proceeds going back to, I'm sorry. Uh, sure. of, oh my goodness. I I always, anyone who organizes, I never cry at vigils. You know, like it's some badge of honor, but you know, when we, Get into moments like this there's always vulnerability uh, quality control yeah so he is not making any money off of this 100 the proceeds are going back to either animal justice or offerings animal sanctuary here in las vegas um, and awesome. when you go to his website you have the option of choosing between either one so so far we raised I want to say, and Kendrick might correct me if he sees this later, $130 for all friends and I think $160 for animal justice. Um, so we're still... Oh, yes. Sorry.
1: No. Oh, what's the website? Is it the QLTYKNTRL one? That's the one. <laughs> that, that's the one. That's the, yeah, I wish it was easier for me to... <laughs> um, but if you if you guys want to purchase a shirt for everybody that's watching, good morning Elizabeth. Hey Kim, um, hi Melissa. Uh, let me see if we have any questions for you. Uh, let's see. Do you know Melissa Park says hello, Elizabeth? Good morning, Elizabeth. Thanks for tuning in, sweetie. Kim, Kim Panzarella. You know Kim. T-shirt, Kim. I call her T-shirt Kim. She's on oh, kind our. Of yes. This is um, this is one of Kim's T-shirts. Love me, don't eat me. I love it. Um, yeah. So on, I I know we have all the links for you posted um, with your bio. So anybody, uh, go to my Facebook, go to Camille's page, go to the Little Bear Sanctuary page, and you'll you'll see all the links. If you want to buy a T-shirt, um, the links are there, um, and all the links for a lot of her um, her personal pages are Instagram. Um, There's a few. Yeah. So uh, it's it's hard not to. Um, I'm trying to think of a happier subject we can we can move to. Um,
0: uh, let's see. I mean, we covered the mental health. health. <laughs> the rest, yeah.
1: um. uh, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about supporting your local sanctuaries, and you know, supporting legitimate sanctuaries, and how. You know, you you mentioned um, to me how uh, animal activists should really work together with their um, local farm sanctuaries, if there are any. And uh, and I know a lot. Uh, it, it's in the animal community. I think that's. Uh, abuse and fraud is like is rampant in the animal community there's so many fake fundraisers um you know i've you you've heard i've heard there's been so many nightmare stories about so many um shady organizations uh what do you what kind of advice do you give what how can i mean i know what i would say but what resources are there for people who who want to donate to these organizations who want to support these organizations, where can they go to make sure they're a nonprofit to make sure they're on the up and up? Um, what do you, where, where do you, what do you usually tell people?
0: Well, I give people a few different answers. Um, if they are a registered 501c3 nonprofits, um, and they're doing what they should be doing, then you can check them on websites like, uh, GuideStar and Charity Navigator, which essentially gives yep. ratings mm-hmm. um, it, depending on, you know, because every 51 c 3 must submit their tax information and it's supposed to track how much money they bring in. Yep. Uh, so that's one way that somebody perhaps can dissect what uh, the, I guess you could say, skeletal system of a nonprofit is because that only does that only gives like one one short uh,
2: yep.
0: one short insight because it's, you know, just like on paper, like, okay, like everything can be, can check out. Maybe they get like four stars on these sites, but um, as far as,
1: they have a piece of paper, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. You filled out, you were able to fill something out because it's not,
1: right.
0: a lot of people start nonprofits. Um, yes. So a lot, yeah. you know, it's, it's unfortunately not something that is like so rare. Obviously, so these are a couple of sites: GuideStar and Charity Navigator, where you can check. And uh, otherwise, it is doing some research on your own. It's you know looking at this institution, this group, this organization, uh, looking if it's a sanctuary. Then they should have mission statements, goals. Um, as far as finding out if it's a vegan sanctuary, you just have to research and. and recognize what their purpose and intention is. And and it's in part, you know, asking questions to them and asking around within your local community. So, you know,
2: yeah.
0: trust the locals who are already involved in, in their opinions and by by all means, get it from multiple people. So, I mean, if a, if a sanctuary, you know, in any way is profiting off the animals, uh, if they, um, you know, you, yeah, if they use them for entertainment anyway, if, you know, they sell... Things that come from them, I you know would very much doubt we could legitimately pass this as a vegan sanctuary, and I would not I would not encourage anyone to support that so it's it's doing it's doing some background research on your own some detective work because unfortunately that's what you have to do um, to verify if somebody is as legitimate as they're claiming or portraying themselves to be
1: right yeah yeah it's um i always say definitely visit a sanctuary too if you have the opportunity and if they're local enough um there's strangely there are sanctuaries that are not vegan which to me is mind-blowing um i know a few in florida um it's it's yeah it's it's crazy right i don't even know how that exists on the same uh on the same plane but uh but it they happened. are
0: there they are they're, yeah.
1: there. they're there yeah yeah um uh i know that uh you you have a, a couple of piggies right
0: we do we
2: yeah. have um
0: dudley and vess yeah they are two pot belly pigs um they're the current residents of forget-me-nots yeah. Only two, were, we're a micro sanctuary. So as mentioned, you know, I, I am on the board and I'm the social media volunteer coordinator for All Friends, which is a larger sanctuary. We have more pigs, but only two here at, forgive me not, two residents.
1: Um, what was it like for you um, when you first got to uh, experience having a pig around? <laughs> it's very different oh. than... Uh...
2: <laughs>
0: it's very different. Um, yeah. Well, I met Dudley back in I want to say 2017 because uh, before I moved in as a live-in caretaker, I was um, I was a house sitter. So back then for you know for that year' stretch or so, it was just Dudley um, before Vess came. and Dudley, like it was Dudley and a few of the chickens. Dudley was you know Dudley was rescued from one of the local kill shelters. We don't know his background as, you know, as is often with shelter rescues.
2: Um,
0: We do know that he probably wasn't socialized very well in his definitive years. He wasn't shown a lot of patience. In fact, you know, he probably, you know, I don't want to assume that every single animal has this history of abuse and neglect, but he does not respond. He doesn't seem to respond well to positive touch or reinforcement, um, which, you know, it's a a balancing act of trying to still show him this Affection and not stressing him out. Yeah. So, when so I had I'd already known him, but his personality had changed when Vess came because it's like he found this purpose. He loves this little pig. Oh, Vess is younger than him. Vess yeah. was rescued. Um, she her mother was dumped at the local shelter, like a teen mom. She was pregnant with her and her siblings, and another local vegan sanctuary who is totally private. Uh, so they don't want anybody there i understand yeah. um she they pulled her and she had her babies at the sanctuary and uh you know very small area so uh kiera here if you're watching this hi Kira, uh the founder of forget me Nots, uh, adopted Vess and brought her back when it was you know due time and brought her back to be dudley's friend and honestly just like with um with other individuals, it's learning their routines, learning their personalities and the dynamics between their relationship, like their individual relationships with themselves and each other yeah. to see where I can fit in to be the most supportive. Um, yeah. Because too often nice. I think that we impose our human wants and needs and, you know, all of us do it because, you know, it's we cannot do otherwise. We are humans. Um, we impose our human wants and knees on them. Cause like, you know, it's like you want to pet her belly. You want to, you know, smush her cheeks. And it's like, you know, they're yeah. so cute. Of course <laughs> you want to do that, but it doesn't, it's not what may be best for them. So it's really trying this ebb and flow of responding to uh, what best supports them. Um, so it was, it was definitely a learning experience the first few months, but after learning these routines and seeing like where to back off and, where to, uh, where to push further? In some instances, um, yeah. it's been a, it's been a journey, but I love it.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty special. their uh, Their intelligence is uh, quite remarkable. I don't think people realize. Um, I mean, they're they're as smart as a four year old uh, If you really think about that. Uh, in terms of a four-year-old, it's it's pretty amazing. They just don't have the uh, the ability to uh, move around like a four-year-old. They're a little bit a little different, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah belly rubs. Gosh, belly rubs. That's like that's like the main thing here at Little Bear. Um, oh, I gosh. do. There's a huge difference between when we get a pig from somebody's house, um, as opposed to a pig from a shelter. The personalities are different. Um, we have pigs that you know, they still walk away from me when they see mm-hmm. me. And uh, and it is, it's just about respecting them and their personalities. And uh, uh, it, they're not like dogs. And I think a lot of people uh, equate everything to a dog for some reason. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think they're, they're dog-like.
0: Not- yeah, but they equate, that's their frame of reference. They're dog-like, that's but the they're not. Yeah, they're not—they're dog-like, but they're not like dogs. If that makes sense, like there's exactly. some. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so, as an activist, um, for kids watching, for anybody watching who who wants to, who's thinking about becoming an activist and wants to do that for a living. Um, what kind of salary do you? Have? What uh, oh my salary God. do activists get? <laughs>
0: uh, who wants to be an activist for a living. Uh, I would ask you to have a backup plan.
2: Exactly. I mean, I
0: just this is act, for a long time. I said I did activism. I rejected this. I rejected titles because it was like this manifest destiny. I think people seek out. They want to be involved, which I think is amazing. They want social support, which everyone deserves and needs. Yeah. Sure. Um, but this is this life is not. It's, it's not an easy life, it's not a fun life, it's not a life for everyone, I think there's like this appeal because of social media, I think a lot of things on social media give this appearance of things that are not an actuality, which I mean it's kind of a overall silly statement because we know that, we know that not everyone's on the beach 24-7 and, you know, but in the activist world, it's the same thing and I think we fail to recognize that um I mean, I cur- I mean, I th- I don't have a Patreon, but I believe that's how most activists do support themselves.
1: Sure. So uh,
0: you know, it's through this crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. You know, they provide the services, whether it's talks or what have you, and they're supported by you know donors and, and individuals. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I'm on a fellowship with the Save Movement, so I essentially am in like an HR type position, which yeah. I do enjoy uh, I went to school for sociology. My minor is human services. Um, you know, when I was in school, I was looking more for like direct approach counseling rather than writing more papers, um, which I wasn't going to go to grad school for sociology. I was going to focus more on the human services part. So essentially like part of my job is, um, supporting local, these local save movement organizers, whether it's conflict resolution or it's, um, simply, you know, just like someone to talk to and being like this conduit between them and the greater save movement. Um, so it's, yeah. In in addition to coordinating the, uh, animal rescue working group, but nonetheless, it is, you know, I don't live lavishly. Um, my partner is a teacher. Um, I, it's, uh, I don't I can't speak on the experience of experiences of perhaps more um known animal activists and what they may be receiving in donations because I'm sure there are people who live off you know live off it okay but I don't think they're living in grandeur even if they do get supporters yeah. from Patreon is the thing yeah. I think that's why I think that's how we it also can be viewed um, and yeah. it's um it, you know if you don't I encourage everyone to get involved with activism. Um, But if you want to live off of it, you need to be willing to sacrifice a lot. And to me at this point, I don't view it as sacrifice. This is what I've chosen. This is what I've decided. Um, This is what I love in the end. These animals are my life. Um, I believe in these causes. Um, I believe in supporting my fellow humans and other social Causes as well, just to say. Yeah, sure. But um, I don't. I don't know what advice to give someone, Chris. I would say heavily do your research and have yeah, have, a sure, of
1: it. Sure. have a have <laughs>
0: a I mean, just it's it, just what's the point? It's being that this, people are uh, running
1: uh, to be, you know.
0: Some people might. It's it's once again this delusion um, of yeah. something that it may not be.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think um, it's the it's pretty rare. It's that pretty rare person who gets that Patreon support. It's definitely not the the usual. It's only
0: a, it's only a select few that. Uh, select
1: few. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it should be more. And I guess people can look into working for bigger organizations like PETA or Mercy for Animals or Save the Absolutely. Movement. You know, there's I know there's Definitely a lot of opportunities there for um, a lot of openings.
0: Um, You're right. I went on like attention again, but the larger organizations, you know, there um, there are openings, you know. I'm I'm sure just depending on what is available and who leaves. I would say that like, you know, I don't know how high turnover is, you know, within these organizations, but
2: yeah.
0: you know, research the large Mercy for Animals, PETA, and all these other organizations and see what they do offer. As yeah. to start, um, I, you know, I, my situation's a little particular, but um, there are opportunities if you do seek them out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, gosh, the hour is almost over. Can you believe it?
0: <sighs> I've been looking at the time. I'm like, OK, I guess now hour <laughs> does go by pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> it did. Um, so, yeah. Um, last words of advice for somebody thinking about going vegan or um, any documentary you can recommend or any final thoughts for people watching today who uh, might be uh, looking to live a more compassionate life?
0: Well, a few things. Um, I always believe in supporting local, Um, very much into supporting your local community community. And, I, you know, seek resources out within your local community. Start on social media. You know, you might not, you know, you might end up leaving, like, your local vegan group once you find, you know, where you best fit in, in the advocacy world. But, you know, start there. Yeah. Um, just seek these resources out by doing research on social media. Um, seeing who's already active within your community and reaching out to them. People reach out to me often, and I do my best to um, properly relay information to them. Um, and yeah, once again, like in the place that you currently live, because there's also this like love of traveling and, and doing activism at other places, which I also support and agree with, of course, yeah. but supporting where you, where you live is of the utmost importance because undoubtedly there isn't a lot of representation that is needed where you currently are. And, um, so I would seek that out in addition, um, to like the answer to like if people want to go vegan, seek so out the local resources as well. Because in addition to the advocacy or the activist groups, there might there you know here in Vegas there are um, raw food meetup groups. There's even like food groups. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're not as active now, currently because of everything, but yeah. they do exist. Um, anybody who wants to go vegan, I would suggest once again doing your research, but you know recognizing that change is difficult. But it is needed, and you can do it. All of us who, I, I do not like being cliched, but all of us who have gone vegan, you know, would say that we wish we would have gone vegan sooner because having lived, you know, I've been vegan for seven years, having, and you've been vegan longer. Having lived within this life, um, you recognize everything that you did not see before, um, yeah. So once again, it's seeking out these local local resources as well as, as resources like vegankit.com or a food. Em- I really like food empowerment or food empowerment project, which is foodispower.org, which also remarks on uh, human exploitation within animal agriculture. So if you're yeah. trying to go vegan because of ethics, um, then by all means, there are plenty of resources to help convince you that you're making the right decision and anyone will tell you that you you are by this um so it's really just taking that first step and and having you know your arsenal of resources you know look up recipes reach out to people you will be answered vegans are always happy to you know talk to you about everything i mean look it's over an hour and we're still talking so
1: Yeah. Yeah. All (laughs) right. Camille, thank you for being on my show today. I hope you'll come back. We hardly uh, we didn't didn't cover as much as we wanted to, but um, thank you for for sharing all that information. I I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, And uh, thank you. I love you,
0: you. Chris. I love you. Yes, invite me back, and we'll tackle the other fifty questions.
1: Yeah, let's do it for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Camille. Thank
0: you, Chris. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. Um, Thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Um, My guest next week is uh, Carla Dumas of Yesican Sanctuary. She is a friend and a neighbor. She has a farm sanctuary here in Arcadia, and I'm excited to have her on next Friday. Uh, So look for the links. if you have any questions, you can email us at info at littlebearsanctuary.org. If you have any questions, if you want to be on the show, if you want to see somebody on the show, uh, send us an email. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and um, we'll see everybody next week. Love you guys.
2: Become a Goldilocks Productions VIP patron. Receive exclusive access to live, stream, special, and other epic perks.